Will the college football coaching carousel ever stop spinning? We got a new day coming in New England. The Senior Bowl roster is swelling to a mammoth size. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more tonight on the Draft Countdown Podcast. Everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co host, Brian Bosarge, joined as always by co host Shane B. Allen. Shane, 98 days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, 20 seconds away from the 2024 NFL draft. We have the underclassmen deadline pass. I uh, had a seven round mock draft on Monday with, the, with that going and came out about as expected. So, yeah, I mean, we've kind of hit one. I feel like one barrier has been lifted, and now we're just full go to a couple more here in the next couple weeks. Yeah, under 100 days until the draft, 14 weeks, if you will, away. It's We're here, man, and we are in peak draft season. And we were talking before we went on the air, 200K views yesterday on the site. Draft season is here, baby. I am so ready for it. If you're new to the channel, following along in the chat tonight, and you have a question that you want to get answered, go ahead and ask it in the chat. If you're following along on Twitter or just – Want to get your question answered there? Send it to at Draft Countdown. We'll answer your question at the end of the show. If you're a member of our Discord, you can ask a question there. We'll answer it at the end of the show. If you're not a member of our Discord, we ask that you go to DraftCountdown.com. In the top right corner of the search bar, there's a link to join the Discord where we talk about a whole lot, especially the transfer portal, man. We've been talking about that a lot. Here is That's, you know, seems to be the thing to, to talk about right now. Along with Shane, we thought it was over, man. We thought the college football coaching carousel was over. And then last week, right before we went on the air, Nick Saban decides to retire from the University of Alabama. And that just started a chain reaction that went off everywhere. Nick Saban retires, replaced by Washington head coach Kalen DeBoer. We'll start there, Shane. Do you like that hire? I do. I mean, we saw the success that he had. He's bringing over – uh, Grubbs is offensive coordinator. I think the offense is more dynamic than we've seen Alabama have in a while. No matter who they hire, there's going to be some growing pains, right? You know, players are going to leave. This isn't Nick Saban. Uh, but I think DeBoer's a good hire. He's shown he can take some less talent and, and bring it up. Uh, so I'm excited to see what he does. I think it was the best they could have done for the circumstance. You mentioned uh, 
bringing over Ryan Grubb to be the offensive coordinator. He's bringing in two defensive coordinators. He's going to have two co-defensive coordinators. The problem here is they were both sitting head coaches at the FBS level. He's bringing in uh, South Alabama head coach, uh, K, or former South Alabama head coach Kane Womack to be the co-defense coordinator, which I presume he'll be the one actually calling the defense. And him and DeBoer, they go back to in Indiana when both were coordinators there. They're really good friends. But he also brought in Buffalo head coach Maurice Lindquist to be the other co-defensive coordinator and coach linebackers, I believe. So what do you think about the two his two defense coordinator hires and the voids that they leave behind? Yeah, I think I think it's really interesting. I think what it does is also gives him some some geographic strongholds, right? I mean, I think bringing in a coach from the state of Alabama is pretty huge to try to hold together some of the recruits, recruit in the South, you know, have some of those ties. And I think it also gives you some of the kind of Northeast New England uh, hit for for the defense because that's that's going to be the biggest issue. I don't think DeBoer is going to be able to find offensive talent. It's going to be the defensive talent where they're going to struggle. Yeah, and Walmick has done a great job building up a South Alabama program. So um, I would say he's not going to be hard to replace, but South Alabama replaced him within 36 hours. And they just <laughs> promoted within. Uh, they named uh, their offensive coordinator, Major Applewhite, to be their new head coach today. Uh, former head coach at Houston had average success there. I think he was 15 and 13 as the head coach. Had some uh, issues that I know a lot of people on Twitter didn't like with the whole jacket thing and the cold weather and all that with Ed Oliver, I believe, was the, uh, yeah. when he was there at Houston. But, I mean, hey, man's been humbled now. He hasn't been a head coach in a while. We'll see what goes around here at South Alabama. But his offense was very good there uh, the last couple of seasons. So I think that was probably the best case scenario for South Alabama to do is just, just go ahead and promote Major Applewhite. Yeah, I think if he's learned a bit since the, his head coaching days, this that'll be good for them. So with DeBoer leaving Washington, that left a hole there. They've finished, uh, fixed that with Arizona head coach Jed Fish, who rebuilt Arizona's program into a 10-win team this year. Uh, beating Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl, a lot of talent there. A lot of guys, I imagine, is about to head up to the Northwest from that team, if I had to guess. Uh, Noah Fafita, the quarterback, uh, McMillan, the uh, wide receiver, I assume they're going to uh, head up the road there a little bit. But uh, you like the hire there of bringing in Jed Fish to uh, Washington? I don't think anyone expected Jed Fish to have this kind of success in Arizona, recruiting nor the, the win total. I mean, uh, Fafita coming in a quarterback as a true freshman was like, oh, this is going to be a disaster, right? And it wasn't. So, yeah, I, I think for Washington, if you want to try to keep the momentum going in the Big Ten, you need a good coaching hire. Everyone's leaving Washington, obviously, at this point. Um, so I think it's going to, once again, be a tough kind of rebuild for Jed Fish, but he's done it before. So I think it's a good hire. Yeah, Max Olson tweeted out today. I shared it in our Discord. Uh, Washington's offensive two deep from the national championship game. They have zero starters returning uh, <laughs> from their offensive two deep and um, another five backups that were on the two deep. That's not good. It's rough. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, it's rough. Um. So Jedfish got his work cut out for him there for sure. 
Um, but Arizona immediately replaced him within like 36 hours. And the guy everybody thought would get the job, got the job. They hired San Jose State head coach Brent Brennan, who's done a pretty good job there in San Jose. So I like that hire for Arizona. I like it for Arizona. I wonder if there is a chance that that maybe he can retain some of these, you know, key players. The offense is still really good. It's still kind of wide open, fairly similar. I I think he's going to try to make a run maybe to to keep some of their offensive guys in-house. And he should. I mean, he should do everything he can to try to keep those guys there. Um, that'll, I mean, they're going into the big 12 next year where I thought, you know, if, if Jed Fish stays, they could have been a, you know, one of the better ones in in the big 12. So we'll see how Brent Brennan does there. So now that leaves us with two open jobs in college football now, Buffalo and San Jose state. So I, I expect those will probably be handled pretty quickly. Um, if I had to guess. So, all right. So we'll wrap up that. Now, and we're going to move on to the draft order update. And But before we get into that, uh, where we talk about who, where picks 19 through 24 are stacked up, uh, the, de- the morning after we did this podcast last week, uh, New England and Bill Belichick uh, parted ways. I don't know if it was a firing or a mutual, you just go, we don't really want you anymore. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't, they were never going to fire him outright. So, yeah, it seemed, seemed like a mutual thing. And it, it it's, it's just wild because we talked, you know, we talked about Pete Carroll and Seattle Seahawks and Nick Saban and Al Bill Belichick. To me, the greatest college coach of all time, the greatest NFL coach of all time, and probably the greatest combined coach in Pete Carroll who had high success at both levels. No one, I think, has beat him in what he's done both levels combined. Just all with the, within a couple – 36 hours. 36 yeah. hours just yeah. gone. It was wild. Yeah, it's, it, it was crazy to think about. Uh, I like what Robert Kraft said about it. He's like, yes, we could have tried it to trade Bill Belichick for some picks, but he's like, we didn't do it with Tom Brady. He said, we're not going to do it. He said, both, he said, both of those have done enough for us that they deserve to do to be able to pick their own place or whatever. And and I kind of respect that, to be honest, yeah. uh, what, what Robert Kraft did there. Yeah, I mean, as draft people, I feel like I'm always like, look, you, you can get some more picks here, man. You know, but then, like it's that is high respect. You know, you know, with a head coach, though, it kind of like it never really makes sense because you're taking away draft capital from the team you're going to. Right. So it's like it doesn't it doesn't really help you. It's fair, but I mean, I, I get, I, what, I but I get it as well. Yeah, but uh, so, uh, but New England already had their replacement on the staff, right? It was kind of cooked into his contract, I believe, from everything I've read. But Gerard Mayo uh, promoted to head coach in New England. Uh, you like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I. I'm a little hesitant, and I think Mayo said the right things that it's not gonna. He's not gonna be with Belichick. This isn't the same thing. Uh, that's my fear. It's like, are we just playing the same game here? You know, with someone on staff, someone that Belichick drafted as a player. Um, but you know, Troy Mayo is probably not gonna have the GM capabilities. They're probably gonna go out and hire someone. I think that's good. I think it gives you a kind of a fresher start. So I like it. 
I do like the stat that Bill Belichick now has drafted more NFL head coaches than thousand yard receivers as well, which is absolutely wild. That was awesome when I saw that the other day. Um, I will say this about Gerard Mayo. I saw a quote from him today, and they're not being coy. They asked someone asked him what they plan to do with the number three pick. He said, We're gonna try to get the best player at the position. I think you know which one we're talking about. I'm paraphrasing <laughs> there, but I, I mean he basically just come out and said, Yep, yeah, we're coming after a quarterback in the top three. Yeah. We're not lying yeah. about it. <laughs> there's there's three quarterbacks, there's three teams, you know, there's gonna be three teams that need quarterbacks in those top three picks. We're going QB, QB, QB in the top one, two, three, right? I think that's I think every mock draft should probably have that about right now. I think I, you know, unless the Bears really want someone that they don't think they can get if they could trade down, but I think at one, you either have to trade or take quarterback. So, right. So, yeah, and that that's kind of it. And 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 here's the thing though: if they're trading, it's probably going to be another team coming up to get a quarterback. So I think we're still going to end up at one, two, three quarterbacks. Because I think if they move down, it's going to be beyond Washington and New England, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't think it's a guarantee. That you know, I think that's the first thing you do if you're Chicago, right? Reach out to Washington, New England. You want Caleb Williams, or do you want someone else to get him? Right. And you know, if Washington's going to give me a few a future first to move up a pick, you say no to that, and you still can get Marvin Harrison Jr. or whoever. That might be the best option. There you go. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, anxious to see how they go. What what they do though? Yeah, it's, it's good. That, that that I mean that for the second straight year, the Bears are deciding the draft. I don't know if I like that or not. <laughs> they better they better get it right. That, that's the only thing. Yeah, or else everybody's fired. Everyone, everyone's probably fired anyway, to be honest with you. It's probably going to happen but uh, in a year, but uh, yes. All right. Well, let's look at the after the wild card round, how picks 19 through 24 uh, shape out. The Rams, after losing to the uh, Lions, will be picking 19th. I'm going to be honest. Other, I mean, I wanted. I was glad to see Detroit win for the story and and – and all that, but I was kind of honestly hoping the Rams would end up in that 25 to 28 range just because I think that Les Snead would have traded out of the first round <laughs> and that and their first round streak would have continued. Uh, but picking 19th, I don't think they're getting all the way out now. So looks like the Rams are going to select in the first round for the first time since 2016 when they took the quarterback that beat them on Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that it was a good game, but I thought the Rams were kind of the better team in the game and just couldn't get in the end zone. Just kept kicking field goals, like Sean McVay stabbed himself in the foot. But uh, I'm happy for the Detroit fans out there for sure. Picking twentieth is your Pittsburgh Steelers, Shane. I'm surprised they couldn't pull off the upset at Buffalo. Sure, the game got moved today, but uh, yes, that's. About where we picked for a long time, so they're used to it. They know what they know what the board's going to look like. Correct. Uh, Miami, after being one of the teams that they were picking near the bottom of the first round for most of our mock drafts throughout the season, 
end up just going into a depth charge here at the end of the season, and they're going to pick 21st. The Eagles, spelt, talking about a team that just went off the rails, started to, what, 10-1? and one. They end up 11-6 and six in the regular season, and they get just bum-rushed by Tampa Bay on Monday yeah. night. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia, uh, so I mentioned Philadelphia. Uh, the Cleveland Browns would have been picking 23rd, but that pick goes to the Houston Texans. And the irony of ironies, Houston <laughs> gets all these picks from Cleveland for Deshaun Watson, only for Cleveland to get just destroyed by them in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's fun not only to beat Cleveland for the Watson stuff, but the karma – but now you get the higher draft pick too because you gave away your own, which a lot of people I, I don't I don't think we were included. Uh, I, but a lot of people bashed them for moving their own pick, and <laughs> those people were one hundred percent wrong. I'm not saying that I may have not said something along uh, those lines. I'm like, not gonna I'm not gonna say that I didn't or I did. I have I have the tweets defending defending it lightly, you know, but uh, lightly. I, I I can't back up that with anything that I may or may not have said that, but it is what it is. They proved us wrong. Great job this season by their head coach, D'Amico Ryan's first year head coach, first year quarterback, CJ Stroud, outstanding, going to win rookie of the year. And Nick Casario, a guy who I think maybe we wrote off a little bit as a GM, but man, did they overhaul that roster uh, this year. They might not be done. I think they're going to give Baltimore a game this week. It might because we. I, I I remember a lot of people, ourselves included, when was it last year? They've just basically every player they had on their roster was a, under a one year contract. They were like, "What? I mean, what what way of a roster build is that?" And then, well, they showed us, and it worked out. And look at them now. And I, I'm with you. I think that's Baltimore. Basically, their starters with two have been off two weeks. Yeah, you know, and so. Houston coming in hot. I'm, I'm anxious to see it. Uh, and finally, that brings us to picking 24th, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh my goodness! The first time since they've gone to the 14-team uh, playoff format that a number two seed has lost to a seven seed. And not only did they lose, Green Bay beat the crap out of them. And this one, Jordan Love. The 2020 quarterback class, man. I mean, it's good. It's good. All four quarterbacks hit. Yeah, which never happens. But uh, you know, we, we did find out that uh, Mike McCarthy is staying in Dallas for another year. So I mean, I mean, look, it, they it was a bad game, but they they were a, a fairly dominant. They were a dominant team at home. The only team undefeated at home up until that playoff game. Dallas still can put it together. The offense is much better. I just, I just don't know how you fall apart in the playoffs every time. It's it's so wild. So Green Bay gets the 49ers this week. Uh, Detroit will be hosting Tampa Bay, and then Lisa, we've got Baltimore, Houston, and Buffalo hosting Kansas City. And Buffalo hosting Kansas City because Kadarius Tony lines up off sides on the oop to oop play. Yeah, yeah. And look, they made him inactive for the playoff game, and boom, Kansas City crushed. So there you go. So we'll see uh, what ends up 
there after those games. Going to be fun. Uh, definitely is a now, Shane. We're both sitting here just watching as spectators. Yep, yep. That's, I'm used to it after the first round of the playoffs. So, but it says a lot about Dallas keeping Mike McCarthy when all the other fan bases in the NFC East are happy about it. Yeah, I mean, look, the Giants have only beat them once in the past five years. I don't think they should be very happy about it. I don't think it's helping them any, you know. So uh, I don't think the Eagles have much room to talk. They're on the verge of wanting to fire their coach. So uh, I'm not sure. And that that whole thing seems a bit odd to me. What? Them wanting to run Nick Sirianni off. The dude was in the Super Bowl last year. I mean, mean, he's sure. He's a jerk. He he is not a good – he's going to get fired in two years. He is not a good coach. I think, I think that Shane Strikin ran that ran that offense and that team. It's going to be bad. And I, he did a great job in Indianapolis. This yeah. Year. So there might be something we'll, to that. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So that's going to do it for the draft order. Um, next week's show. So give everybody a heads up. It's going to be wall-to-wall senior bowl. We're going to break down the entire, so what we think will be a close to finalized roster by then. Uh, we're going to break down position by position group next week, the entire senior bowl roster. So if you're coming down for the week, uh, coming down here to mobile for that, for that week, and you want to get in tune to that roster, tune into the show. If you're just a fan and you want to know about all the players on the roster, tune in next week, we're going to break it all down. But uh, right now, Shane, the Senior Bowl roster currently sits at 100 and what they've said on their website, they have 148 players who have accepted invites. Uh, Four of them that were not on their roster reveal show, but we're leaving them on there until we're not, until we find get the official word. And we talked about those four last week, but. Uh, two players went back to school that initially accepted invites. Uh, you brought one of my attention today, uh, Texas cornerback Jade Barron and uh, Louisville corner Quincy Riley. Both they uh, decided to go back to school. So I've taken them off the roster. But that leaves us with 148. I, I was curious about it, and I got a little, you know, Birdie told me this week, uh, one of our local uh, sources here said that, they're trying to avoid what happened last year where if you remember me talking about it all week during the game and then after the game, 33 players that started the week in practice at the senior bowl last week did not play in the game. And they had corners playing safety who had never played safe. They had guys playing out of position all week. It feels like they're trying. I thought they were, tr- they were maybe doing this you know, big roster to avoid that situation. That seems to be the case. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's priority number one is to make the game not a complete joke and or late practices, whatever. I think the other thing is to, you know, we don't talk about it too much on the show, but to squeeze out perhaps their competition as well. I think by having a larger roster, you're taking away potential players for some of these other all-star games. Now they've called up some the players from the Hula Bowl, you know, who um, participate there. Uh, so, you know, it's not necessarily every game is feeling that effect, but I think it has been good for the senior bowl this year. I think they clearly have five times the best roster of all of the all-star games. And I think to the, and we're going to talk about the hula bowl in a minute. 
Uh, but I think to their benefit, having their game this past weekend, three weeks before the Senior Bowl, two weeks before the Shrine, or two and a half weeks before the Shrine, those players that shined and they're in practice that week and at that game, they're uh, they're getting to double dip essentially. Right. And the Shrine's brought up. I think we're at like twenty guys from the Shrine or pretty close uh, to play in their game because of the Senior Bowl. Basically, like you said, taking a lot of these guys, but the Senior Bowl's also brought up three guys uh, from the Shrine itself. Another note on the Senior Bowl before we talk about the latest players that have accepted invites. Um, when the initial thing was announced with the coaching staff, there was supposed to be a rotational basis where full coaching staffs were going to coach the Shrine last year in the Senior Bowl. We get the hodgepodge guys. And then this year, the Senior Bowl, we get full rosters in the Shrine, we get the hodgepodge. Of, of coaches. Well, turns out the NFL basically just shit canned the whole deal. It's like <laughs> nobody's getting full coaching staffs anymore. That's the that's what got told to me today. And you know what? I'm going to be honest. Last year, Shane, at practices, I didn't notice a difference. Other, other, other than the local high school kids not getting team gear, <laughs> the ones that are managers and stuff for the game, uh, I, I didn't notice a difference. I really didn't. And so it's I, – I don't think it's that big – you're still getting NFL coaching, right? And this way it's – it's they're giving opportunities to, to these coaches to um, to get a chance. And we got a press release today talking about the coaches. And the Shrine's doing the same thing, by the way. They're both – they're also getting the mixed match of assistant coaches. And uh, so running the two teams this year um, – Titans assistant head coach and defensive line coach, or I, I guess he's still there anyway. I don't know. That whole staff's kind of in flux, right, with Vrabel getting let go. But uh, Terrell Williams, he'll be coaching the American team. The American team, uh, formerly the um, what would be the South roster, uh, where most of the SEC guys end up on their team. So uh, Terrell Williams will be coaching that team. And New York Jets defensive coordinator Jeff Ulbrich will be coaching the national team. So he'll be getting most of your Big Ten guys and uh, stuff of that nature. But uh, coaching on the American team as the offensive coordinator is uh, New England uh, wide receiver coach Troy Brown, longtime player. Might have even played in this game back in the day. I can't – maybe not. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, their defense coordinator will be uh, Brown's DB coach Ephraim Banda, and their special teams coordinator will be uh, Giants assistant special teams coach Mike Adams. National team offense coordinator will be Shea Tierney from the Giants. He's their quarterback's coach. Their uh, defense coordinator will be Vikings pass game coordinator and defensive backs coach Durante Jones. And their special teams coordinator will be Saints assistant special teams coach Phil Galliano. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I want to say, was it Luke Getze coached here last year and he ended up getting run off? So maybe, maybe not the be all end all, I guess. But, you know, like I said, interesting to see. And like I said, not something I think made a whole big old difference last year. Yeah, no, I mean, I think probably the the day to day stuff and, and noticing, you know, absolutely. You know, I, I think the one thing I always enjoyed about the full coaching staffs is getting a feel for how that coaching staff ran practices was pretty cool. You could see the differences, you could see the tempo, see how some of these coaches worked. But I think you still get to see how how do these individual assistants work, how they work uh, you know, if they move up a level or two levels, as some of these are uh, in these practices. So that is exciting. Um, uh, you know, hopefully, 
doesn't hurt too much, but it was always fun to have, you know, have an NFL head coach there at the podium and taking questions. Um, but ho- you know, hopefully someone here gets the opportunity to, you know, move up in the NFL and in the senior bowls or, or the shrine of the reason. Yeah. I mean, another thing it does, it takes away the advantage one or two teams get, right? Because if you've got your whole coaching staff down here for a week with those guys, I mean, and you see it every year, like when those coaches, I mean, they would almost every time they were here, they would draft three or four guys, right? That they that they coached or coached against at the senior bowl. So it's kind of a big advantage there. And and the beat writers for the teams, they don't get that where they basically have to come down here now. So like there's a lot of Cleveland writers down here when they you know their staff was down here and stuff like that and you know such and such of that nature so you don't get that i guess but you know like i said not that big a deal but senior old has added another handful of players this week we're gonna go position by position here and talk about that and uh they replaced louisville cornerback quincy riley with another louisville corner jarvis brownlee uh junior fifth year uh corner yeah, kind of an interesting player, you know, not someone who's very physical, but uh, he, he made some big plays. So not someone I expected to be at the Senior Bowl, but I'm kind of excited to see. Um, LSU defensive lineman Jordan Jefferson, uh, 6'3", 3'10", fifth-year player. Yeah, got to really fill in this season with some of the you know injuries up front to the other two LSU D linemen that are in this class. Uh, really stout, good against the run. Can kind of two gap even a three ten. I think it'll have a solid week. Yeah, and probably a third, third, third uh, day player there. The other two, I think, are, are top one hundred guys. Um, I think Jefferson gets drafted uh, sometime on day three. Another Michigan player because we didn't have enough of those guys. But uh, Jalen Harrell, the edge rusher, uh, fourth year player, going to be down here. Yeah, a really good motor, explosive. Doesn't always get the sack or the numbers. Um, but I think it could be a nice rotation guy. So he's probably a early day three guy. Um, one of the Hula Bowl guys we talked about, Eric Watts from UConn, edge rusher, gets uh, called up. Productive guy. Yeah, a lot, lot of production, big, rangy. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see if he can kind of make a name for himself a little bit. I think he could, you know, in the pit sometimes, some of these, I don't say smaller school, but, you know, the UConn types, G5 guys can really make an impact. A guy I thought should have been on one of the initial uh, invites here was Arkansas uh, interior offensive lineman Bo Lemur. Yeah, it's just a really technical player, decent athlete. I, I thought he's played really well in the SEC as a longtime starter. I think Bo Lemur's a, p- a potential starter in the NFL. I think could be a steal. Yeah, if not, he's going to be a definite, just great depth piece. A uh, guy you draft in the fifth round and is on your team, you know, playing solid downs four years. Uh, a guy who had a rough go of it in the national championship. <laughs> oh, a rough go of it. But uh, declared for the draft, gets the call in the senior bowl. He, he's he got to redeem himself, man. You know, you know he wants to go against some, some of the Michigan edge guys, right, in, in, in the pit. He's got to try to make up for it, right? But uh, Ro- Roger Rosengarden, the Washington uh, offensive tackle, yeah, right tackle for them. Uh, you know, but I mean, if you look at his whole body of work this year, was not that bad. He he's very athletic. 
I think just really struggled in that game to put it together to handle some of the strength and initial speed. So maybe 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 the senior bulls it. Maybe you get kind of get some some coaching and improve him. He has the the physical talent, I think. Two more quarterbacks to the roster this week, bringing us to seven. And now I was told uh, that they're holding out a spot on the off chance here that Jaden Daniels changes his mind and decides to come play. That would give that they'll they'll go eight quarterbacks. If not, they're just going to go with seven, four on one team, three on the other. Uh, first guy, another Hula Bowl call up they bring up here is uh, Carter Bradley from South Alabama. Look good in the Hula Bowl. I'll say that. Look, look outstanding, showing good good arm strength, good accuracy uh, in, in that game. Plus, always good for the box office, right, to get that South Alabama yeah. uh, star uh, in, into the game. But Carter Bradley, any any thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, I, I was impressed with the Hula Bowl performance. I think he's a solid player. I think he played himself maybe into being drafted, which would be great. So, Sure. You know, Adam on is kind of the end of the roster guy. He's going to play in the game. So right. I, I think you're at least getting that. And if he's the fourth quarterback on one team, you can get, I can guarantee he's getting the fourth quarter. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but obviously the biggest name that accepted this week was Washington quarterback, Michael Penix. And he needs this game, man. He needs this week. Yeah, I mean, he's going to look really good. <laughs> he's going to look really good this week. I mean, this is the ideal conditions for Michael Penix. No pressure, no pass rush, and just launching that ball exactly where it needs to go. I think, I think you know, Bonix kind of had it. I thought Bonix was, was going to end up as the guy everyone's going to talk about, but I think Penix will steal the show and get back into that first-round buzz category. Well, let me ask you this because Nagy threw it out there the other day, and I have my opinion. I think we share opinions here. Uh, he asked, they haven't split the rosters up yet. He said, do you want to see Knicks and Penix on opposite teams or on the same team? Um, per, like if it, Personally, if I was down there, I would want them on the same team because I, I like seeing back-to-back. Right. Let's same. compare. Um, you know, but – and I bet that's what ended up happening. I think that they'll want them on the same team. The NFL guys will want them on the same team so they can see them, like you said, back-to-back reps, who, who, who's better. You know, uh, they did – was it um, – somebody brought it up the other day, same thing uh, with Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. When they were both down here, they had them on the same team and then throwing back-to-back reps. And that was I, – I, I've said it all the time. It was night and day. The two quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, looked far and away better than Josh Allen did at the Senior Bowl. Josh Allen's obviously been a better quarterback in the NFL, but that week in the Senior Bowl, he wasn't it. Well, look, and then when you go to the other team, you can see the the two fake versions of both those guys and Joe Milton and Spencer Rattler. It'd be great. Shane, why you got to be like? That? <laughs> I was gonna say I was about to predict here if the the quarterback split roster split if it stays at seven. I think you'll get uh, Knicks, Penix, and Hartman on the national team. And the American team gets uh, Carter Bradley, Spencer Rattler, Joe Milton, and Michael Pratt. I think Carter Bradley will be on the Penix-Knicks team because they don't think they're going to play in the game. 
oh, they won't do that because they won't have the – So you're saying they'll go four quarterbacks on that team? Because if they – I don't think Penix and Knicks are going to play in the game. If they do that, they'll put Pratt on the other team. Right, yeah. They'll put – they'll they'll keep Bradley on the, uh, the American team roster because, like I said, that's the one that ends up with the SEC guys and – yeah, such as that. Fair. So, and the, and he's going to be the home team quarterback, right? So, yeah, I think that. So, if that's the case, yeah, that's that. I didn't. I didn't think about that. You, you, you might be onto something there. All right. Um, th- three running backs added this week, Shane, to give us a total of ten. Which those numbers just—it's hard for running backs to get established during the week of practice and in the game, much less when you got 10 of them on a roster. Yeah. But geez. we added three this week, uh, and you love two of them. Yeah. Jawar Jordan from Louisville and Isaiah Davis from South Dakota State. Uh, I mean, Jawar Jordan had some exceptional runs, good vision. He hits the home run well. I think he's going to impress. I love Isaiah Davis. I, you know, he's big. He's explosive. One, one cut go zone scheme guy. Um, I hope he has has a good game too. I, I think they both both could shine out if they get enough playing opportunity, practice opportunity. Um, the third running back was the other Hulable call up, and that's Amani Bailey from TCU. You know, he, I've always been impressed when I've watched him. I think he's tough. I think he's you know plays with a low pad level. Little things well could be a nice third running back special teams guy. So I like that ad. We've currently got seven tight ends on the roster. The seventh added this week. The guy I really came to like uh, watching them during this season, and that was Arizona tight end Tanner McLaughlin. Yeah, former walk-on, uh, made his way to become the starter, good blocker, soft hands. I think he's a little bit underrated because this class is bad. Ted McLaughlin might rise up to uh, be around four-ish type pick. We might actually have the right number of receivers here. All the other <laughs> positions got jacked up, but wide receiver, we got 16, and that's how many we thought we would have. Uh, the 16th added this week was UCF wide receiver Javon Baker. Pro- productive, you know, good red zone guy. He's big. Not, not necessarily one of my favorite NFL players. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I project him. They go in the NFL, but you know, you know, he plays some special teams, so it could be a day three pick. Yeah. So, like I said, we're at currently a hundred and forty-eight players. And I, I'm not saying they won't add a couple more. Like I said, I mean, they're still waiting on Daniels. I don't think he's going to accept. Um, and. You know, they could add, like I said, one or two more, and that's not counting, you know, other guys that pull out at the last minute. You know they will. So that maybe that's another reason that, you know, the roster is kind of bloated um, as it is. But uh, does the bigger roster bother you from an eval standpoint or more guys, more – more? you're all for it? I'm all for it. I mean, you know, what, you give me a couple more reps in practice and that usually doesn't change – my thinking um I, i'm here for more guys to get the opportunity to see them against better talent like just let me see more players I'll, i'd be down i'm down for that so i i like it i texted uh six policy you know i'm glad 
glad it's me and you at, at the practices this year, and I'm not trying to watch 150 guys by Ooh. myself. So yeah. it's that that's going to help, Shane. It's going to help to kind of split the load up a little bit uh, to get all that out there for draft countdown, get another set of eyes out here for us. Well, let me ask you, and I'll, I'll kind of get mine when you think about it, because we're going to break down the roster next week. So I, I would get it. Is there anything that surprised you? Basically, when, you know, when we heard the underclassmen stuff, we heard that of how the roster got constructed. You know, I'll say for me, like I thought we got the, hey, underclassmen are in. I'm like, ah. Oh, you know, we're the running back. We're going to get every running back in this class to go to the senior bowl, right? Like, I thought Braylon Allen's going to go. Trey Benson's going to Like, why not? You're a running back. You need to make up some ground. Um, so I, I was actually a little bit surprised at that position specifically. We didn't see more underclassmen actually come out and play. Jalen Wright's the only three-year player who I think is a, a, a great get. But um, I, I thought – Maybe it'll happen next year. I thought there'd really be more of an impact the running back position with it being devalued. That hey, look, agents go, go be, become the best back in the class. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, I was honestly, there's, I was surprised at some of the players that they didn't get. Maybe some of the edge guys, like I thought, you know, with what, like you said, the competition and ability to separate that guys like Braylon Trice and Jared or. To a lesser extent, Jared Verse, but I don't think you ever actually thought he was coming. But but a guy like Braylon Trice, I thought would have would have been on the roster. Um, so I mean, you have some of, some of those guys, a couple of DBs that I thought like Tyler. Where's Tyler Newbin from? Yeah, did he go back to school and ain't telling nobody? <laughs> I, 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 I honestly I don't know. Um, so yeah. it's 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 odd to me. Uh, like I said, guys like Owe Fashano, Roma Dunze, I didn't expect him to go. But Blake Corum, Corum, yeah. Why, how like is Dejan, he? Dejan Edwards, you know, guys like that. You know, I thought we just saw them in the running backs instead of you know a handful of the ones that we did get, and we got ten of them. And I don't think would you? I mean, who was? Well, said we'll save it for next week, but. I, I don't know if there's a – is there a top 100 running back in this game? I, I, th- I think Jalen Wright Lloyd? has a shot. Maybe, maybe think, Marshawn Lloyd? I, 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 yeah, I think Jalen Wright has a shot because he's going to be maybe the best. most athletic back there. Yeah. But, no, no. But, uh, you know, I think there are a number of running backs not at this game that also are not in the top 100 that should be there, you know. Right. Um, receivers too, you know, a right. similar thing. I wonder if I won't go too long in this, but I wonder if the underclassmen change agents have not caught up to that to say like possibly Adonai Mitchell go to the senior bowl, be the best receiver, and you get drafted the first round. Like it, it's it. it's such a new thing they don't know how to to play the game yet. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. Like I said, a Dunze top 15 pick, probably. I get it. Yeah, I understand. But like you said, Adonai Mitchell, is that Xavier worthy even? Yeah. I mean, it could make you $2 million. Xavier worthy comes down here, dominates one on ones. And for two days. For two two days. days, Best player on the field for two days, shoots his draft, gets picked 10 picks higher. That's what you like. You said, test two, three million dollars. 
don't know. That just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So, all right. But like you said, next week, a lot of senior bowl. We're going to break down position by position. We're going to tell you. We're going to make some pre – I don't know if we'll make guesses, but we're going to tell you everything that you need to know about that roster next week and, and who the best guys are, who the guys that need to have good weeks, guys who, you know, we think could be the surprise from each position group uh, coming out of the week next week. All right. So, mentioned the Hula Bowl quite often uh, tonight. They played this past Saturday. Uh, it was a good game. Uh, enjoyed it very quick. Ended like two hours and forty five minutes. I like that. Yeah, it's with my all star games, but uh, they had some some standout players, and a lot of them have been called up to mostly the Shrine um, from this past week. But Carter Bradley got the call to the Senior Bowl. But uh, just just quickly, just looking at the at the box score here, I, I, Blake Watson from Memphis, I thought was the best player in the game. This past week, uh, the running back, he'll be going to the uh, shrine. Um, uh, Tyrone Tracy, another guy going to the shrine, had a good game at running back, as well as I thought the uh, quarterback Jack Plummer of uh, Louisville, another guy going to the shrine. This, this is a, this is what we call a trend. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, anybody else that you like stood out on offense? Yeah, no, I agree with Tyrone Tracy, which was interesting because he played receiver for most of his college career. So that was interesting to see that transition, just to see at the Shrine. Um, you know, I, I like, you know, my guy Jalen Coker, the wide receiver from Holy Cross, I like, caught a big touchdown. Uh, I, I thought looked pretty. I don't know if there. it would have. I don't know if it would have survived replay, but yes. He what, 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 like, that, that doesn't matter too much. We don't, we, you know, we don't need to. Uh, Keep that, keep that going. Well, I think it's good. And and, um, and your your guy Spencer Sanders. I thought Spencer Sanders maybe played himself into getting drafted round seven. You know, shot. I will I will not understand why he went to Ole Miss. He should have stayed at OK State. I, I I don't know what the there maybe there were some underlying issues with him and Mike Gundy that led to him to moving on. But I think he could have made a better choice in uh, his transfer destination. And had a chance to elevate his draft stock with a season of play. Instead, he played in sparingly in like a handful of games and ended up getting kicked out of school for grades. So, yeah, yeah. But no, he he did have a good game. Uh, Defensively, not a whole lot, not too many standouts. The only guy that I want to mention that a guy maybe we haven't watched or talked about at all, and I'm going to butcher his name here, but. the interior defensive lineman from Utah State, Hale Motuapuka, had uh, two tackles for loss, uh, recovered a fumble, and four solo tackles from the interior defensive line. He really stood out to me. Yeah, he, I mean, he's definitely kind of that penetrating, you know, not, not a huge guy, but I thought he showed off some explosiveness and the handwork was really impressive to me. So he's someone I got to go back and watch a little bit more of. Uh, for sure, that's a, it's a good call. Yeah, that's a couple of DBs that I like in this game, too. Uh, undersized uh, nickel, I don't think he's a draft pick, but Reddy Stewart from Troy, I thought had a uh, look good in the game, as well as um, Storm Duck, who we have t- we have talked about before, mm-hmm. former uh, Oregon, not Oregon, uh, North Carolina corner transferred to Louisville uh, this year. And your guy, who I believe got may have got called up to the shrine, but it hasn't been announced yet. Uh, Mikey Victor from Alabama State. 
Yeah, they had a good game. Um, I, I, you know, I like some of, some of the linebackers, some of the kind of the tackle guys. Omar Spates, the former Oregon State linebacker, went to LSU. Didn't do a ton this year, but I mean, he was kind of in position uh, really well. And, and Jackson Mitchell, linebacker from UConn, who I think is underrated. Another big production guy. Yeah, big production guy. And you can see it in the game. You can see the processing for those two players happening. Uh, in the game in real time, so both impressed me. And uh, Southern Illinois' P.J. Jules uh, yeah. was playing safety in this game, uh, corner most of the season, but a big guy, 6'3". Maybe maybe he makes the move to safety, but uh, he flashed uh, a good bit during the game. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think he gets drafted late as a safety. I really do. Yeah, got a lot of length. You got you to gotta like that. Uh the under we mentioned earlier the underclassman declaration has passed. Uh, that was Monday. The NFL, uh, as of press time right now, has not released the list. We expect it probably what tomorrow. Because generally speaking, it's usually like on the Thursday, so we'll, we'll we'll get that official list tomorrow. We're not expecting a great number of third year players to be on it, right? So it's maybe going to be less than fifty, I would imagine, um, yeah. if I had to guess. Just with NIL and everything, a lot of kids just staying, man, uh, and the portal. Yeah, you know, there'll be some four-year guys that didn't graduate that, you know, on the list. So just because a player's not on there doesn't mean that they're going back to school um, just because a player's on there. Also, we learned last year, doesn't mean it's 100% in the bag. They still have a little bit of a soft deadline. Anaya Smith, the Texas A&M, was on the list. Yep. The NFL released last year and ended up going back. So – just a just a heads up. Yep. Uh, the only real name that we know of that declared, um, or, or should say, earth shattering name was Michigan quarterback JJ McCarthy. Uh, in this draft, neither one of us are huge JJ McCarthy fans. I don't want to say he's going to be my Will Levis this year, but it's starting out that way. Yeah, we'll see. I think his draft stock is super interesting. I got a lot of criticism in my mock for where I had him, so you can go read the mock and see. Um, but uh, I think that will be the storyline to follow because I think the hype will be there. When we get to the draft, can J.J. McCarthy hold, serve, and, and be a, be a first-round pick? You want to talk about a guy who should take advantage of that eighth spot at the Senior Bowl? Yeah. If it's not going to Jaden Daniels, why is his agent not? Nagy's the damn Michigan guy. He'd, he'd jump out of his seat to get J.J. McCarthy in this game. Yeah, right? he'd bring him in right now, right? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He, 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 the, the, the ticket's already paid for, man. It's, it's waiting on you. We, we well, booked it in advance just in case. We'll have nine quarterbacks if Jaden wants it. That's fine. We'll make right. it. Right. Well, we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Somebody, somebody will get hurt. Carter Bradley will get hurt. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. Why is he not coming down to this game? And we said the same thing last year about Will Levis. Yeah, and it may have helped him, you know. Maybe the first-round pick. So, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, did not get any questions on Twitter or on Discord or on in the chat. So, we're going to wrap it up tonight with that, Shane. Uh, final thoughts on your mock that came out this week. Uh, you didn't get any criticism for the draft order this week, right? No, which I which I had wrong initially even. Uh, 
you know, I hadn't swapped the playoff teams around. I did that pretty quickly after. Um, I mean, it, you know, it, it is what it is. It's a couple spots. But, uh, no, I, I thought it came out pretty well. Um, I, I feel I took, you know, some, some different guys in the first round and tried to switch a couple things up, but still hold those values pretty firmly. So the feedback uh, outside of J.J. McCarthy was pretty good. Um, so ultimately, I think it was a good good exercise. I'm excited to see, the, you know, the next couple of weeks play out. Yep. Uh, I had a Bengals uh, seven-round mock draft uh, go up yesterday, second one of those I've done. I'll have one more right before the draft uh, for you Bengal aficionados out there like myself. Um, we Miranda's going to be looking back at some of the playoff stuff from this past week. Paul's all rookie team uh, going up on Friday. So uh, we'll look at that. He handed out his uh, rookie awards last week. Co-offensive players of the year. He took the he took the easy way out, Shane. Didn't want to pick between Stroud and Nakua. Wow, wow. Jeez. What a cop out. Right. But hey, I mean they're both deserving. And in the other year, I think Nakua wins this going away, right? Oh, easily, right? Yeah, absolutely. So but yeah. Oh. Uh, Good, good, good deal there, and that's yeah, that's gonna do it. Uh, just a reminder, like I said, if you're new to the channel tonight, hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and subscribe to the uh, Draft Countdown YouTube channel, and uh, hit the notification bell so you get notified when we go live each and every week. And during Senior Bowl week, you're gonna want that notification bell on because we're gonna be going live Tuesday through Saturday, five straight days of talking about the Senior Bowl here on the draft countdown podcast. So uh, like I said, hit that notification bell, subscribe to the channel. So uh, you'll, you'll be aware of and how each practice goes, because we're going to be talking about it. Um, if you listen to this on the audio audio version, be it Spotify or Apple podcasts, leave us a five-star review, share that out with your friends. So everybody uh, gets to hear us talk about the draft and we're going to be talking about it a lot for the next 14 weeks, 15 weeks coming up. It's, it's all we're going to talk. About. That's all we ever talk about anyway. It's the draft. That's what we're here for, Draft Countdown Podcast. Follow me on Twitter, at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter, at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter, at Draft Countdown. For all your NFL draft needs, including that seven-round mock draft Shane was just talking about, go to draftcountdown.com. For Shane, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody.